Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With a Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, with stories rare. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern bringing you the 377th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel, featuring strange and fantastic stories, some legends, some hearsay, but also interesting. We'd like to pass them along to you. Our guest tonight is the new manager of the New York Yankees, Bucky Harris. But before we bring you Bucky Harris person, let's begin with real one, portrait of a championship at this week when a good part of this nation lies under a blanket of snow, when the Midwest is in the grip of a blizzard, when the wintry winds are howling, when children are racing downhill on their sleds, I think of a story of long ago, of another winter, of other children, of other sleds, of sleds long since broken and forgotten, of children long since dead. For this is a story as told to me from out of the past, and yet a story that will live each winter when children once again go coasting in the wintry snows. Back in the early 1890s, according to the story, in northern Michigan where winters are long and cold, the children from all over the state used to gather at Iron City for the sled racing championship of Michigan. This particular year of 1891 was no exception. Children came from all over the state to compete in the Michigan championships. The race was down the steepest hill in Iron City. And day after day, the children raced each other. Until finally, there were but two children left. A young boy from Detroit and a young girl from Ann Arbor. These two were to face each other in the finals, and they did. Theirs was a close race, with these two children racing their sleds down the icy hill. Lines watching the two children flash by. The boy was slightly in the lead, when suddenly, suddenly his sled went out of control. Desperately, the youngster fought to hold onto his sled, keep it on its course, but it was too much for him. And with a terrifying shock, the youngster's sled crashed into the crowd watching the race, striking a man and knocking this man down. And the man was taken to a hospital, badly injured. There was no more racing in Iron City that day. The state championships were peeped out the hospital as to how badly that man had been hurt. And when the news came, it was bad. For this man who had been struck by that speeding sled had suffered serious internal injuries, and they knew that he couldn't live. That night died. Because this man died as a race championship, again held races. But that is not the end of the story. For this man who was killed by a child's sled... This man left behind him a wife, a wife who was destitute, a wife who knew immediately that she would have to go to work to support herself now that her husband was dead. And that night, she tried to think of what she could do. She had never worked in her life. What could she do to make money? She knew music, and she knew that people could make money by writing songs, but she'd never written a song, and yet she knew of no other way to try to make the money, money that she needed to support herself. And so, so that night, the night that her husband was killed... This girl sat down and tried to write her first song, a song that would give her money to live on. The idea for the song came to her when she thought of her dead husband. She remembered what he had been to her. She remembered her love for him. And the words came pouring out. She wrote the words first, and then came the music. Music that was to make her famous. For her name, her name was Carrie Jacobs Bond. And ironically enough, Carrie Jacobs Bond wrote her most famous song as a result of what happened at the end of the worst day of her life. And yet she called this song at the end of a perfect day. And we find that the end of-
most famous song, a song that never would have been written but for a championship race. Real two. This broad-shouldered backstop is way up front in baseball fame and popularity. Yeah, the fans roar their approval. Walker Cooper, the New York Giants, gets in a clutch. And he shaves with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, for here's what he wrote me recently about the shave cream of champions. Dear Bill, any guy who's suffered like I have from trying to shave off a tough beard every morning can certainly appreciate Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Honestly, Bill, this light, fluffy cream of yours makes my wiry whiskers shave off close without snagging. So here's thanks for letting me know about Colgate Brushless. Regards from Walker Cooper. See? Another outstanding sports star tells why Colgate Brushless is the shave cream of champions. First, it's light and fluffy, not greasy or heavy. Being light, it's easy to spread, quick to work in. And Colgate Brushless doesn't dry out, it stays moist, works with your razor for close, clean, comfortable shaves. Colgate Brushless takes your razor through a fast, no-pull, no-snag performance with no after-irritation. At the finish, it rinses off in a flash. I'll bet you'll say that Colgate Brushless is tops in shaving performance. It's made especially for tough whiskers and for men with tender skin. And listen, fellas, if it doesn't satisfy you 100%, you don't have to be out a single penny. Just send the carton top back to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City Zone 2, New Jersey, and I'll see that you get double your money back. Ask for Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. It's not greasy, and it's not gummy. It's light and it's right. Get it tonight. Real three. Profile of the first nationwide sports broadcast. Did you ever wonder how nationwide sports broadcasting began? It's quite a story. Listen. Many years ago, back in 1921, a young man named Andy White had an idea. Andy White's idea was to have one radio program, one program heard all over America. The people just laughed at him. In the first place, there were only a few broadcasting stations then, and the few stations that there were could only be heard in one or two eastern cities. Yet despite all of this, Andy White made up his mind. He would try and give the whole nation its first coast-to-coast -coast radio program. First, he needed a program that everybody would want to hear. So he selected the coming heavyweight championship prize fight between Jack Dempsey and Georges Carpanche. Andy White knew that the whole country would be interested in hearing that fight, if they could. So he went to Tex Rickard, the promoter, asked his permission to sit at the ringside and broadcast the fight. Tex Rickard said, Frankly, I think you're crazy. You admit there's no broadcasting equipment in existence that's powerful enough to let this fight be heard all over the nation. And even if you could be heard all over, there's still no race for What you're trying to do is impossible. But Andy White didn't give up. He was determined to find out if there wasn't one broadcasting set that could be heard all over the country. And he finally did hear of one. It was just being built. Being built for the United States Navy. And when completed, that particular set could be heard all over America. Andy White set out to borrow that one set. And he did borrow it. He borrowed it without asking the Navy's permission. Now half the battle was over. Andy White had a broadcasting set strong enough to carry his voice all over America. But there were still no receiving sets in most of America to hear him. But even that didn't stop Andy White. He called all the big nationwide theater operators together. And he told these theater operators that he had the new United States Navy's broadcasting set. A set that could be heard all over the country. And then he asked those theater men one question. 
How would you gentlemen like to install radio receiving sets in your theaters all over America so that your theater audiences could hear the Dempsey-Carpentier fight broadcast right from the ringside? The theater owners went for it in a big way. They all bought radio receivers, and they installed those receivers in their theaters all over America. Now, now Andy White was finally set to go. But two days before that fight, the United States Navy suddenly found out that their new broadcasting set was being used without their... The officials of the Navy were furious. They immediately ordered that. One Navy man said, Okay, Mr. White, okay. Anybody with your nerve deserves a break. It's against Navy regulations, but I'll okay it. Go ahead. And so, thanks to one Navy official, two days later, radio history was made. As thousands of people in theaters all over America heard Andy White broadcast the Dempsey Carpentier heavyweight championship fight, it was the first nationwide radio broadcast, and it created a sensation. It created a sensation, thanks to a young man named Andy White and a Navy official who broke Navy regulations. And that's the story. That's the story, unless you'd like to know who that Navy official was, who made that first sports broadcast possible. He was a man who was born 65 years ago yesterday. Yes, yeah, 65 years ago yesterday, that man was born. Strange that he should make the first sports broadcast possible. Yet is it so strange? For even though he wasn't a champion in any sport, he was the greatest champion that sports have ever had. He was the assistant secretary of the Navy, and he made that first sports broadcast possible. But he's not remembered because of that broadcast. No, he's far better remembered as the president of the United States Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Nationwide Sports Broadcast. Real folks. Just a moment, I guess Bucky Harris, manager of the New York Yankees, but first here is Arthur Gary. Turn to the light, men. Meaning, of course, Colgate Brushless, their shave cream of champions. It's light and fluffy, not greasy, not heavy. But make no mistake, Colgate Brushless is a whale of a lot of stamina. Staying power, it's rich and active, stays moist, takes the fight out of the toughest whiskers. Indeed, Colgate Brushless is made especially for you men with wiry whiskers and tender skin. It lets your razor glide through, not over the stubble, without a snag or pull. And at the finish, because it's light and fluffy, not greasy or gummy, Colgate Brushless Shave Cream rinses off fast. Pleasant shaving performance is yours with Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. It's light and it's right. And now, back to Bill Stern. Real fine. Colgate's camera close-up of Bucky Harris. Here is one of baseball's most famous managers, the former manager of the Washington Senators, the Detroit Tigers, the Boston Red Sox, the Philadelphia Phillies. Bucky Harris has managed more teams than any other manager in big league baseball history. Now, he's the new manager of the New York Yankees. Here he is in person, baseball's famous Bucky Harris. Good evening, Bill. Bucky, how'd you get started in big-time baseball? I was playing with Buffalo in a doubleheader one day when I heard Clark Griffith of Washington had come to see me play. Oh, well, how'd you do that day? Uh, luckily, I got six hits out of eight times at bat. <laughs> so you went to Washington? Yes, I did select Washington. 
in spite of the fact I could have gone to the New York Giants. And all the things that happened in Washington, what stands most in your memory? Well, being offered the manager's job when I was only 27 years old, that made me the youngest manager in, in the major leagues as of then. Well, Bucky, what gave you your greatest thrill in Washington? Beating the New York Giants, the club that also had wanted me in the World Series my first year as manager. Bucky, why is it that as soon as you take over a team and you make it great, you want to move on to another team? You did that very thing in Washington, in Detroit, and in Boston. Uh, because I get my biggest kicks out of trying to make a team great. Once that's done, it runs smoothly for a few years, and the job of keeping it up front becomes easy and therefore less interesting. Well, now tell me this, Bucky. Will you leave the New York Yankees when you get them back on top? Uh, I may not leave them, but I won't want to manage them any longer. But speaking of the Yankees, I've got a great deal to do now as their new manager. Oh, you mean building up a championship team, huh? No, I mean living up to the traditions already established by the Yankees. I don't get it. What do you mean, Bucky? I mean this is the team that gave the youth of America the legend of Babe Ruth and the wonderful example of Lou Gehrig. I hope nothing I deem will ever let his memory down. That's a nice tribute, Bucky. Thanks so much. Good luck and good night, Bucky Harris. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the 3 mark for tonight. Next time, same time, same stations, when our guest will be the famous orchestra leader, Spike Jones. So be sure and be with us next Friday evening, same time, same We bring you our special guest from Hollywood, the famous radio star, Spike Jones. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until next Friday night at this very same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colgate Safety Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Safety Man, at Lotte. He told you tales of sports, he rose the inside dope, he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-D-A-T-E. The Bill Stern Show tonight came from New York City. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.